this week we are joined by Tata Kimura from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Bartender, lesbian, and activist, Tata is one of the founders and a driving force behind the Ada Coleman Collective. The aim of this organization is to raise awareness and generate equal opportunities for women in the hospitality industry. It's a terrific organization and we definitely encourage all our listeners to check out the Ada Coleman Collective. All the links to their Instagram and Facebook sites are in the podcast show notes. Enjoy this week's show. Welcome to another episode of the Industry Podcast. My name is Kip Saunders. I'm your host. With me as always, Dan Soretta. How's things? Uh, things are going well with me. Uh, no real complaints as usual. Uh, just uh, working away like a chump. And what about yourself? What's yeah, going just on? Groundhog Day, you know, getting up every day, same shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I got nothing to report. Yeah. So that's, I guess that's a good thing. Um, so we'll just get to, we got a great guest with, with us as always this week, uh, Sara Kimura. From coming to us from Sao Paulo, Brazil. So she'll, we'll be bringing her in in just a minute. Um, if you like what you're hearing on the Industry Podcast, then you should subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. Uh, that really helps us out a lot. Um, also, if you want to be on the show, you can DM us at the Industry Podcast on Instagram. Um, and uh, as great shout out, as always, to our friend Zach Hanna at Zach Hanna Design for all of the beautiful artwork he gives us. Um, Check his stuff out. Uh, okay, so let's not waste any more time. We'll just get right to our guest. This is Thada Kimura. How are you, Thada? I'm fine. How are you? We're doing okay. Doing okay. No complaints. <laughs> so kind of the first thing we always have to get out of the way right now is what's the COVID situation there in Brazil? Um, are bars and restaurants open right now? Uh, no, they are closed again. The they took up the restrictions last week so they they are have uh, we are having like lockdowns on from friday night to monday morning so no one can open or work during uh, these hours but just uh, but, yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh because uh, the the death rate turned up i don't know people are dying war and yeah. and they tried to put it, that those restrictions but it doesn't it didn't work because they are trying to do things since the beginning of the pandemic and they didn't do nothing much right. uh, that sounds pretty familiar yeah <laughs> yeah so but a lot of it being taken out on the service industry unfortunately for us um so let's talk a little bit about how you kind of got started in bars and restaurants. What were some of your first jobs? What made you get excited about it? Uh, I started as a manager, but I was in the administrative part. Uh, then I suddenly started working during the shifts as, as a manager. And from there, I started working in different places like i've i've been a hostess i've been a waitress i've been bartending manager and all of these things so about nine years ago more or less Mm. and talk to us a little bit about the scenes there in sao paulo like what kind of and is it like anywhere any other sort of major city where you have all kinds of different bars and restaurants or is there a prevailing type 
Yeah, no. Uh, in São Paulo, we have like everything in in just one street. You have like dive bars, you have speakeasies, you have restaurants, you have like uh, botecos, which is which is what we call like bars that uh, for uh, popular bars. It's uh, it's for for like more uh, people with less money. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't know how it works there, but we have a lot of that here. Uh, it's pretty cultural. Mm. The boteco, we have like boteco food, which are like finger foods and this kind of things. And we have, lo uh, we have a lot of restaurants to different types. And now they are, they are doing things with, uh, with the cocktail, in the, like joining the bar with the restaurants uh some years ago it wasn't much that way uh you could go to a good restaurant but you wouldn't uh drink a good cocktail oh okay but you would still be able to drink alcohol just not like good cocktails yeah 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 okay. like mm. wine and yeah yeah and so what kind of a place were you working at right before all these shutdowns Uh, it was a high cocktail bar. Like, I don't know how, I don't know if that's the expression in English, but I worked only with classic cocktails mm -hmm. and everything was, uh, made in the house, like all the, the syrups and the, everything we did there except the hard liquor. Mm -hmm. And it was, a a very small bar for 25 people and it oh. was in uh, one of brazil's landmarks which is a building called copan so it was a very high visibility bar in brazil i was working there before the pandemic i've i worked there for like two years and i have since the the opening oh wow and so were you very involved in like developing the cocktail program for them Uh, not at all, because I was as a man. I was working as a manager, mm -hmm. but then the head bartender uh, got another offer, and then she left, and I was, I was going to, I was doing her job, like, and I was going to put another uh, cocktail menu, but then it came the pandemic, and yeah. I right. didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but during but the last months I've been uh doing consultancy mm -hmm. for bars and I I work with I work more with cocktails now than okay. before the pandemic. And how how is it how are you finding the the consultancy business going there in like um, is that is that something that takes off in Sao Paulo? We have it's sort of just starting to become a thing here in Canada where people are doing that, but there's not a lot of them. Uh, it it's a good money mm -hmm. because especially this time, like uh, during this world crisis, uh, if you are opening something new, <laughs> you have to have a lot of money. Right. So <laughs> it's good because. Because of this, you, you're going to sell something and then you're going to get paid and your job is finished. 
you know, you, yeah. you sell the consultancy for like two months or three and then it's over. So you don't have to worry about like, oh, I'm going to get fired or this kind of things. I think mm -hmm. doing that is better. I, I like better than working in one place. Because mm -hmm. you get to sort of see a whole bunch of different types of bars and restaurants that way and work with a whole bunch of different people, I imagine. Yes. And like uh, the first one that I got was in Paraíba, which is a different state from yeah. Sao Paulo. So I got to, to go there and I've never been there. It's the northeast part of Brazil. It's a very good, it's a very beautiful place. And it gave me the chance to know different places as well mm -hmm. and different types of cocktails that we have in Brazil because I've never did that before. I've, I always worked a lot, so I, I didn't have much time to to travel and when I did I didn't want to go like after cocktails I want to I did I just want to lay, lay down on a beach and drink a beer you know right yeah <laughs> so it gave me the opportunity to to look at the industry but not necessarily I paid for that it was like some free research mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of, it kind of forces you to like learn about to, to travel and go to these different cocktail um, bars or lounges. And then as you're consulting, you're also learning at the same time. Yes, it's very it's very good. And you get to know a lot of people, too. And it's I, I like it. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, um, Trying to just get sort of lay of the land of Brazil there, like in a busy city, um, like how you're saying you have a bunch of different kinds of bars and restaurants, all the different types. But like, are we? Is it is it a really burgeoning industry there? Like, is there? Um, is it heavy with tourists, or is or just the locals like to go out a lot? How do you? I think it's both. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of locals, but we have a lot of tourists too. Mm. Especially downtown Sao Paulo, which is now booming with new bars and new style of things. They are trying to renew downtown and get people to go there because it was a very dangerous place for a long time. And now they are trying to be not so dangerous anymore. Right. So they are investing in this part, and we have a lot of tourists, like a lot of uh, from every all the places. Mm -hmm. So that I mean, that's good for someone who has a consultant business. Um, if all these new places are opening, and and uh, do you envision yourself going back to like being behind a bar in the future, or do you want to just be doing this consultancy? I would like to go back to the bar, but uh, after. Like I work for the consultancy, but and I, I see this restaurant opening and all these things, but I'm not sure if I'm in, I'm I'm okay with it, you know, mm -hmm. because we are in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, and we, we should have we should worry about other things. Right. Uh, yeah. But I have to have money, so uh, I have to pay my bills. So I have to mm -hmm. do that. And after the the pandemic started, it uh, it kind of uh, how do I say 
people got their masks off, you know, like we we could see who were, were the good people and who were the bad ones. Right. Yeah. And there are not, uh, especially after the collective, uh, we, I, I don't think I want to work to these people, work for these people, you know? Mm -hmm. So if I would go to the back of the bar again, I would be very picky right. about my employee or I would have my own bar. Right. Yeah. Well, don't do that. It's a terrible idea. Speaking from yeah, experience. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, okay. Well, I, let's talk about the collective because this is a really amazing initiative that you're at the helm of. Um, so tell us all about it what, and what you hope to achieve with it. Uh, we gathered like four women from, from bars, uh, me, my best friend, uh, and she's a little famous and we have a lot of, uh, another bartender from Argentina, uh, who is living in Brazil too. And another bartender from another 50 best, uh, she oh. was the head of production. And another, uh, and the other woman we have is uh, she has a she has a company, uh, and she employs only women, and everything is is only women. Like uh, if you if you need a driver, it's gonna be a woman, a woman. If you you need a bartender, it's gonna be a woman. Mm -hmm. The person who sells the the glasses is a woman. So she only works with women, and. We gathered because uh, it, it's a very bad scenario and it was like very bad before for women and now it's worse. I don't know if it's possible, but it is. So we had a lot of women who got out of the, uh, their jobs and they didn't have the, the money from the government. So they couldn't even buy food, you know. So we started this collective to raise money and to give to, to these people who needed, these women in this case. And we did crowdfundings. We got help from some, some brands like Campari and other, uh, other uh, Plymouth, uh, I don't remember all of them, but it was a lot of help. We sold with, uh, we sold those, those bottles, and then we raised like seventeen thousand reais. It's about uh, yeah, it is uh, a minimum wage is one thousand forty five reais more or less. So we helped seventeen women with one minimum wage. Uh, during this time and then after that we started doing workshops with people in the industry for women to watch for free and to par participate and that's it uh, we did a little uh, some events too to raise money mm -hmm. and now this year we're gonna pay some courses for them and we are trying to we were trying to visit some places like going to a cachaça distillery and these kind of things, but 
obviously it's yeah, not yeah. gonna happen <laughs> but we are gonna uh continue with workshops and giving courses and this kind of things mm. to help women go back to their jobs And now, when you're talking about it being a bad situation for women, you mean specifically in Brazil or South America or all over the world? What is your, what is your feeling on that? Uh, I think some places are better than Brazil. Uh, it's not that it's not, it's great, but it's better. Mm -hmm. Like we have a Nestle for a president, so it's very difficult to, to, to deal with everything that happens and more the virus and the president and all of those things. So right. I think Brazil is a little bit worse than other places. Mm -hmm. And so, but do you see this like as expanding beyond Brazil, like your collective, or are you pretty focused on just getting things right in the country first? Uh, we, we started gathering with a collective from Argentina called Mapa de Barmaids. And they, they are already in, uh, in different countries in Latin America. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna definitely expand to that. And then we are gonna see the rest <laughs> because it's a lot of work for yeah. four people. Well, yeah, it's a message you have to expand your uh, your collective on its own. But um, so if you're t if we're talking about um, helping women in the service industry, what are some of the conditions that you feel need to be rectified? Uh, I didn't understand. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Like, so uh, your collective is try is trying to support women in the service industry. Um, what are some of the, th the things that need to change for women in the service industry? Oh, lots of things. Yeah, <laughs> let's have them. A lot <laughs> yeah. of things. How much time do you have? Uh, no. <laughs> I think uh, I like to to think that we should focus on a little more a little more on education first you know because uh i feel that lots of women had uh bartenders from here uh, people that i know they learned a lot of things from men in the and not not from like any men from men that they worked with not Uh, like someone that thought like mm -hmm. a teacher it's uh, they weren't they weren't they were just like oh he was my boss just like me I didn't do any course I mm -hmm. didn't do bartending classes mm -hmm. I learned everything that I know from my former head bartenders mm -hmm. they they are great they are very talented they are awesome but I didn't do Uh, I don't have a graduation. Uh, I don't know if you have there, but they have a diploma here from for people yeah. who do. Yeah. yeah, we have like bartending colleges, and there's colleges that teach bartending courses and schools. And uh, but uh, a lot of, at least in North America, I think a lot of times people find that they're they get it's just more valuable to get out there and start working than it is to actually yeah. take the courses. So. Yeah, but it isn't, you know, <laughs> because sometimes you have to know what you're doing. But right. And uh, do you feel like 
Do you kind of feel like if you don't have the knowledge from like taking a course like this, then you're at a disadvantage when you're dealing with a man who's you're working with? Sometimes mm -hmm. I feel I started I started doing doing a course before the pandemic starts uh, started yeah. <laughs> and I did like three classes, uh, but it's like all of the teachers were like former employers of mine. No. <laughs> and it was like, I wouldn't sit there for four hours, watch <laughs> the guy talking. And I was like, no, uh, because I worked with, uh, I don't know if there, if it's there, if it's like this hmm. in there, but here the famous ones are the worst. So hmm. the ones who are always, getting prizes and stuff and i worked in some bars with some of those people and they're nothing much you know and sometimes they are even worse yeah. and i worked i worked with this guy who is very famous and he's he's like the dirtiest person ever <laughs> his nails are disgusting he uh he didn't clean his fridge so uh, nasty things started growing there. <laughs> and it was like, it's a famous bar, you know? <laughs> and, and then I had to sit there to watch him talk for four hours on how to be a great bartender. And I was like, oh, okay, that's great. So I gave up on yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like a lot of the... Like people who get famous for bartending, for instance, it's because they're either winning competitions or they have a great social media presence. So they have like really pretty cocktails on their page. But when it comes down to like getting behind the wood and actually doing the job, that those aren't the skills that are necessary for that. Yeah, they, they don't think they have to do that job. Yeah. And it's they not are like, too good for that. Right. Yeah. They're just in the corner making their pretty cocktails. But it's like, I, I, I'm not not to say that there aren't people who are good at both. But a lot of the times the people who are really famous are getting famous for these competitions. I'm just not sure that they're really like what they're not. That's not what bartending is about. Like, and, no, it isn't. No. And it's, it comes from the, the, the brands, you know, it's just so stupid. Yeah. It's like if you don't sell the, those brands, you're not you're never going to win anything. Right. You know, I have I have friends who went to the final. I have a friend, my my best friend and my partner, my consultant's partner. He is a judge from mm -hmm. uh, world class and. You know, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, and it's it's a very. I don't like competitions. I don't think they are healthy. I mm. think you can find great bartenders uh, and in different ways. You know, other so than. Are, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What what were some, what are some of the things that you think make go go into making a great bartender? Uh, I think the ability to serve people and to understand their public is number one mm -hmm. for me on my list. 
because we don't work for ourselves. We work for the others. So I have my particular taste in drinks, but I, I can't impose that to my customer. So I think mostly is that. Because here in Brazil, we have to, we also have this shot culture. I don't know if you have there that, but uh, if you are friends with the bartender, he starts pouring shots, shots for you oh, yeah. for free and this kind of thing. So most of the, the famous bartenders from Brazil are the ones who are giving away drinks for the right people. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. What's the go-to, and, what's the go-to shot to give away from a, for a bartender in um, Brazil? Um, I don't know, maybe what's cheaper. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sinad uh, is a, is a, right. is an option that they, they like. Fernet Branca is really big here. So Fernet Branca is very yeah. good, but here yeah. in Brazil is very expensive. Oh, okay. It's not yeah. here. It's really cheap here. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Here is very expensive. It's not very, yeah, no, it's very expensive. Um, Okay, so I wanted to get back into talking about the collective again, because when you mentioned earlier, it's sort of in passing that once the collective got out there, um, that sort of opened your eyes to like places you wouldn't want to work anymore or like, what do you mean by that? Like what happened once the collective, did you get some backlash? Yeah, we did. Uh, some some of the people uh, found it very bad that we were segregating men Mm. and (laughs) they didn't understand why we should why we were helping only women Uh, some of them thought that we were going to steal the money i don't know but (laughs) (laughs) uh and and the people from from the industry uh most of them like they just boycott boycotted us like uh we uh we didn't uh, our public our target wasn't bartenders mm-hmm. was the final public because they wanted to buy drinks you know we didn't want to sell them to bartenders we want to take the other people's money to give to the bartenders not the bartenders money to give the right yeah. and then uh, we had this other target then it wasn't so we asked for help like oh could you just share this post please on your on your feed just to help us to sell the, and people just couldn't do that you know uh-huh. uh, and a lot of women actually did that uh, didn't do that you know really? but yeah and some brands too, we asked for like, oh, could you help with one bottle of whatever? They just didn't ignore, they just ignored us and this kind of thing. So uh, it was very sad actually to see that happening. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's uh, especially because like what's one bottle to some of those brands, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, we sell a lot of, a lot of bottles you know during a year when mm. you need me to 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 create you a drink to sell more i do it so right. i need one to help a, help someone and you can so that was that sucks yeah yeah 
that's um and is there do you feel like it's a a very chauvinistic culture uh in the bartending in the service industry in brazil or just in general mm, yes mm-hmm. i think it is <laughs> it is yeah, I thought like I I mean I try, I try to think about it. It's hard coming from someone who's a man to like really comment on that, but like I don't feel like it's as like there's definitely things that need to be improved in Canada, but I don't feel like it's so bad. Like there's lots of jobs for women, that's for sure, and there's lots of um like no I don't really see a backlash on women getting the sort of more glamorous high paying jobs like your head bartender or your crowd like I, I haven't seen a whole lot of that but I could just be being naive too so yeah one thing that I like to do when I I go out and to drink or to eat is to watch who is working and I always see like you see you see and then all the waiters are men and all the bartenders are men and then uh, the cleaning lady is a woman <laughs> so we have lots of things like that you know like you enter in a bar and you have like three bartenders three barmen and then one girl who is the barbeck yeah. you know yeah. uh and it's it's hard because like even women, even if you if you go to bars with head bartenders and they are they are women, they don't work with women. Really? They, no. they, yeah, they choose to work with men. It's it's weird. In in this the bar that I worked for the last the last the last bar I worked mm-hmm. for, uh, we had a we had a a one hundred percent mixed team. You. you it was six women and one gay man. So oh yeah, okay, yeah. So that I, it sounds like it's a culture that needs to get changed there in Brazil overall. So the the problem with that is like, how do you do it? Because it starts from the owners, the ownership, right? Yeah, so, I go there on their inbox and I ask you only, uh, you only hire men, hmm. and that's it. Sometimes yeah. they answer, sometimes they, but mostly they, 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 they answer that, oh, I looked for, there was no women, woman <laughs> available. I couldn't find one girl to work because it, it, there, there are no girls here, no women here. <laughs> I can't see any. And it's like, oh, okay. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, so is the answer to just try like maybe through the collective or something else the answer is maybe to try and somehow get more women owners uh yeah but it, yeah not necessarily because no. if you have like uh it's a very weird situation because if you have like a a, a woman that that was i don't know professionally mistreated by a man She's going to work with another man. Right. It's okay. But if she had been mistreated by a a woman, she will never work with women anymore. Ah. It's like, it's weird as fuck because guys screw up all the time. And and it's, it's just weird, weird. 
it almost sounds like 1950s it, almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I uh, this last bar that I worked, it was only women. Uh, one of them uh, didn't get along with the other ones. Now she, she doesn't hire women anymore. She wow. says, I, I don't want to work with women. I'm not going to hire women. Jeez. And so uh, the majority of the bars where you are, are they pretty much owned by men? That's yeah. result. Yeah. Okay. And so, a, a curiosity: Are there like chain restaurants, like uh, like like you know the franchise style, where you open up one style restaurant here, it's going to be the same name all over the place? Is that pretty common as well? Mm, a little bit, not much. Okay. Uh, and is, and have, have you is you know for that kind of corporate ownership? Is there is there a bit more? Is it more even for women and men? And there's it still more no. chauvinist. Same thing, oh, eh? Wow. Yeah. So what they, are, they are trying though. Some of them they are trying, but it's it's hard when it's you hard to start, right? It's not hard to start. It's hard because they they think like, oh, she's a woman, she needs a job, so I'm gonna offer her two hundred dollars less on her salary because she's gonna take it, and she's gonna take it because she needs the money. Right. And then it's like it doesn't it doesn't work that way. It's not like uh, oh, okay, I'm gonna hire like my four women for my then I'm gonna pay less. And it's no, it's not like that. You have to hire four and pay just like the other yeah. people you do, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's. So what do we do? What do we do about it? I don't know. Start asking why aren't more females around mm-hmm. you? Yeah. Like more education, more, it, more public yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Is, some sort of, is there some sort of protesting you can do? Even I wonder. Like if I, mm. if, if all of a sudden there's a bunch of like pissed off women looking for work uh, picketing outside a restaurant, that's not good for business. Yeah, uh, I don't think it works here. No. That, okay. no. <laughs> well, uh, hey, I'm just spitballing. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do that a lot on my Instagram. Like, I always ask people, post things with names and whatever, because I want people to know mm-hmm. that who are they dealing with. But it's a fight that I pick for myself, you know, because mm-hmm. I can put other people in the middle of it because some of them really need those kind of jobs. So sure, it's yeah. sad, but it's true. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's almost hard. To, it's almost defeatist. It's almost hard to figure out like how do you solve a problem like this? Like, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you're doing what you can, but it's like shaming them on social media is only going to go so far as well, right? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> only get they pissed, but it's okay. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, um, well, uh, I think that what you're doing is uh, really good work, and obviously very needed where you're living, and probably all over the world. So I admire you for at least taking a stand and starting this collective. And I hope it continues to grow, and you keep continue to make change and raise money for people who need it. That's fantastic. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you very much for doing the show. We appreciate you coming on. Oh, thank you for the invite. Okay. I was very excited. (laughs) Thanks, that's nice. Okay, thanks again, Thada. We really appreciate it. Have a great evening. You too. Okay. Thank you. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. Bye Bye now.